0: Welcome
1: to the podcast edition of Coaching Through Chaos, bringing you what you need to succeed. Now, here is your host, Dr. Colleen Mullen. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Coaching Through Chaos podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Colleen Mullen. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in San Diego, California. Here at the Coaching Through Chaos podcast, I bring you interviews with guests that will inspire, motivate, and empower you. This one today is for the parents of young kids, and no, it's not a how to parent episode. My guest today is a fellow therapist I've come to know just north of me in Orange County, California. Quentin Hafner specializes in helping couples keep their intimate bond strong as they move into those baby-making and early childhood years of their relationship. And for those that are not parents and not planning on it, like myself... Why should you even be interested in this episode? Well, I'd encourage you to listen to it because it may help you better have empathy for your friends who are going through that stage of life. Or maybe you'll recognize a friend that could benefit from this episode and you can share it with them. Thanks for sticking around to listen. Quentin has a YouTube channel as well as his website, and he's launching an online course July 1st called Reconnecting, an online eight-week marriage workshop for parents of young children. For anyone connecting to this podcast, when you connect with Quentin to register and mention this episode, he'll give you a special discounted rate off of the course. You can find him at That's QuentinHafner.com. That's Q U E N T I N H A F N E rcom Okay, we're going to get right into the interview. Let's take a listen.
0: You're listening to Coaching Through Chaos, your host, Dr. Colleen Muller, bringing you what you need to succeed.
1: So I'm here with Quentin Hafner, licensed marriage and family therapist in Orange County, California. His therapeutic work focuses on helping new parents or expectant couples keep their relationship healthy and fresh. Thank you, Quentin, for being with me on the Coaching Through Chaos podcast.
0: Hi, Colleen. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: So, Quentin, can you tell us a little bit about your professional journey and how you decided to focus your work on helping new parents and expectant couples on their relationship?
0: You know, so much of what I do in my private practice now was born out of my own experience being a parent and being married. I've been practicing couples therapy for a really long time, and my wife and I didn't have kids. And we have a three-year-old son now, and so about three years ago when our little boy came along, we were really challenged, and I always valued our marriage, and I always thought, gosh, you know, we were really doing things well, and we were really doing things right, and, you know, a young baby just has a way of totally derailing that, and so I kind of went on this professional and personal journey of just trying to work on my own marriage, make it better. And then lo and behold, I just realized that so many couples out there with young kids were struggling just like we were. And so I really just felt a calling to want to be helpful to this population.
1: Right. And as we were talking right before we got on air, your practice really focuses on the relationship between the parents, but not specifically on how to parent their kids. You work on helping them keep their relationship strong, right?
0: Yeah. So I am a couples therapist. I am not a parenting expert per se, and so what I do in my practice is I focus on bettering the relationship or bettering the marriage between the spousal partnership.
1: You know, we all hear that pregnancy can be such a stressor even when the pregnancy is wanted and the baby is tried for for a long time. Why do you think it is that pregnancy can be such a stressor on even a strong relationship?
0: You know, as a culture, I think we do such a good job preparing expectant couples for having a baby. And, you know, we do OB visits and we make sure mom's doing good and the baby's growing and there's all these, you know, just a lot of physical aspects that go into a pregnancy where, you know, physicians are really concerned and everybody's doing such a great job caring for mom and baby. But then what it feels like happens is that we take couples all the way to the finish line or all the way to the five yard line. And we kind of like just kind of drop them after the baby arrives and we say, we bid you good luck and you're kind of on your own now. Uh And just so many couples struggle with that transition from going from a two person family to a three person family And so I just feel super passionate about offering people that support that they need so they can cross the finish line successfully.
1: Yeah, and that's a great service that you offer them. And now, what do you think are three things maybe you could tell that every first-time expecting couple should anticipate during the first few months of parenthood? Like, what are the things that get in the way?
0: Well, you know, there's like the practical things that people talk about a lot um, when we have kids. You know, we talk about how, you know, you're not going to be sleeping very much and that there might be constraints financially or that there's going to be limits on your free time. Those things are massively important and, you know, they should be talked about. What I feel is generally missed for so many couples are more of these intangible things about how the relationship with your spouse is probably going to feel really disconnected for a pretty significant amount of time, and you might feel like you're two ships in the night. You know, there's going to be a, a real challenge with things like self-care and taking care of yourself. Statistically, 92% of all couples argue more when babies come, and nobody's telling couples that, "Hey, get ready to start fighting pretty significantly with your partner." So those are just some of the things that I like to focus on.
1: Yeah. And I think that arming couples with that information to kind of say, you know what, it's going to be stressful, you're going to argue, is something they need to know. Because I think when couples have a baby, they expect that it's all going to be happy. It's going to be like they won't sleep, but they don't expect to start feeling like their relationship is strained arming them with that information, I assume, has a very therapeutic, calming effect on them to help them understand what they're going through.
0: Yeah. You know, that's such a big part of what I talk to couples about is really just normalizing their experience that they're having. Because I think for the most part, couples... Um Let me just kind of like back up a second and just Mm -hmm. say that as a culture, I think we really idealize the family and babies and we say, oh, you know, baby's coming and everything's going to be great. Well, in reality, it's going to be really, really tough. And I don't think we do couples justice by minimizing how difficult it can actually be. And when I say how difficult, I think that the divorce rates with couples with young kids is all the evidence that we need to show how difficult of a transition it actually is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, then there's the whole decision process of when to shift into parenthood. So like you talked about your own experience, you were together for, sounded like a good handful of years before you decided to shift into parenthood. Is there really a perfect time to have a baby?
0: Well, I'm of the thinking that you learn how to be a parent when you're just a parent, and all the preparation in the world can never fully prepare us for the experience itself. Mm-hmm. But they have done different, people have done different studies on the transition to parenthood and is it more difficult when, when you're in your young 20s versus if you're in your young 40s. What the research really shows is that there's pros and cons to both and that there really isn't an ideal time. For example, if you have children in your young 20s, you're probably a little bit more flexible, you're probably a little bit more spontaneous, Mm -hmm. you can kind of roll with the punches a little bit more. However, you might be more financially strained because you don't have your career kind of up and going. Yes. And so as a you know, to contrast that with someone that's having kids in their 40s, they're probably financially not dealing with the stresses because they have their careers up and going. But when when we're in our 40s, we're usually a little bit more set in our ways. We're a little bit more rigid and it can be hard to make that transition. So there's pros and cons on both sides.
1: Yeah, that's interesting, right? And you've gotten many more years to think about what parenting might be like. So your expectations are different as well, I would think, if you wait until your 30s or 40s.
0: Yeah, yeah. I see parents that are in their 20s and I really just kind of tip my hat to them because I know that when I was in my 20s, I was not suitable to be a parent. So <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm thankful it all worked out in the time for me. <laughs>
1: (laughs) Great. So I think you've probably just touched on it, but what do you find to be the biggest obstacle to couple satisfaction in the early years of parenthood?
0: You know, I think it really boils down to the one kind of simple thing. I think couples are really caught off guard by how much their relationship is going to shift when children are introduced into the marriage. And it's kind of like we have a tendency to want to hold on to what feels familiar. And we have a longing to hold on to that relationship of the past when things were easier, when things were simple. Mm -hmm. And I think what most couples are really caught off guard by is just how much the relationship, the marital relationship really shifts and how your feelings towards your partnership and some of it positively and some of it negatively and how it's almost like we have to kind of reorient ourselves to the partnership again. And we have Mm -hmm. to kind of like find not necessarily new reasons to stay married, but we have to experience the relationship almost anew again for a second time.
1: Well, your roles change and then they split too. You're not just the partner anymore. You're the partner and the parent. And somehow you have to have those all working together in a way that at least feels decent most of the time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think our our roles um, when we become parents You know, that is just such a big identity shift. Mm -hmm. And I I, I love talking to couples about that, too, about how our identities shift so much. You know, it's like before we had our son, I was a husband to my wife. And and now I'm trying to incorporate this totally new identity called dad. (laughs) I have no idea how to do it. I don't know what it really looks like. And so my wife is kind of married to somebody different now. She's married to this guy who has this dad identity. And and I think couples have to kind of re-navigate that with each other.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so I want to shift into talking about what happens behind closed doors between parents. You know, what are the misconceptions that people have about the sex lives of parents of young kids? I hear a lot that people really stop having sex, and I'm not sure if that's really true. And I'm wondering, how can couples keep their intimate life in check when they've got young kids?
0: Yeah, that's an awesome question, too. I just did the week on sexuality for my workshop, so this is all fresh in my mind right now. So basically, what I see happen for so many couples is we kind of get split into two camps. When kids come along, there are the couples that just pretty much stop having sex altogether, and then there are the couples who don't want to fully recognize that their sex life will never be the same again so (laughs) it's like they want to pretend to believe or they want to fantasize that you know they should maintain their sexuality and their sex life as if baby never happened Mm -hmm. and so i think that there's kind of like an error in kind of falling into either of those traps yeah and so what i think healthy sexuality looks like for couples with young kids is really getting creative with their sexuality you know and uh, and what i mean by that is that if mom has a baby and she has a vaginal birth the reality is that it's going to take her a long time to recover you know i read one statistic that said somewhere around 70% of moms reported that they didn't enjoy s- sexual intercourse For up to 18 months postpartum.
1: Wow. And then they have their husband who doesn't understand why all of a sudden things have changed so drastically for their partner, I assume.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, what happens to dads is, you know, dads feel like they've been sidelined and, you know, so many dads try to use sexual contact as a way to like maintain the connection in the relationship. And then if mom's not wanting to have sex and if mom's body is still healing, you know, guys feel pretty rejected mm-hmm. and then, you know, if they don't know how to talk about that with each other, you know, usually guys just kind of like fade off into the sunset and the next thing you know, the couples are saying, we haven't had sex in a year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So when I talk about creative sexuality, I just, I, I like to help people find other ways to maintain their physical connection that doesn't necessarily include sexual intercourse
1: because
0: mm-hmm. our sex lives are so much broader than intercourse. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And helping them find this creative avenue of their sexuality helps them also grow together as a couple and even strengthens their intimacy when they're at a point where it's, kind of critical that they figure out how to do something differently, it, it, it's also bringing them together at the same time and actually making their bond stronger, I assume.
0: Yeah, totally. Because I think that, you know, when the couple stops having sex or they stop engaging physically, the relationship just starts to feel like a pretty stale friendship. Mm-hmm. And and then it feels, and then we kind of get resentful about our kids because we kind of see the kids as the source of all this. Right. And we don't really have a romance anymore. We're just really co-parenting well together, but it's leaving a lot of people pretty dissatisfied. And Colleen, I'll share with you another statistic that I find pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, Ashley Madison, the online website where people pay to have affairs, yes. the owner of that company released a demographic study about a year or so ago where he talked about who you know, people were asking him, who are the people signing up for this website? Who are the people that are actually out there doing this? Mm-hmm. And so he released a confidential demographic study and just kind of talked about the bell curve of his ideal client. And this is super fascinating because it really resonates with what we're talking about. So the ideal Ashley Madison client is the, the, the man was 40 years old. The woman was 31 years old. Mm. They had been married for roughly five years and they had two kids.
1: Wow. Right? <laughs> right.
0: Isn't that interesting? <laughs>
1: yeah. And I think when people hear that and really take that in, that's not who everybody expects to be having affairs, right? And to be on these sites. But it just shows a level of, and w- well, I don't know. Like, what do you think it is? You work with these couples. What do you think it is? Like, I can assume that it might be that. They're so stressed, but they don't want to break up a family. So they seek something outside. What do you think it is?
0: I think it has really everything to do with just feeling so lonely Mm. and there's another really interesting fact about that statistic and this is what I find most fascinating is that most people that actually sign up for Ashley Madison never follow through with it but they sign up because they feel so disconnected, they feel so lonely Mm. and they want to feel that experience of being pursued by somebody, by by being chased by somebody, by feeling wanted, and it's, a, it's not a gender issue. It's a guy thing and it's a girl thing. It's like they're not really even looking for the sexual contact. They're yeah. really looking for that experience of wanting to feel less lonely. Right. And I want them to feel that in their own relationship.
1: Right. They, they need to be paid attention to. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this next question also might have some connection to that last answer, but I meet a lot of parents who never talk about taking time without the kids. Like I literally know couples that have two-year-olds or three-year-olds and they say, I've never not had the child ever. And so can you speak about how togetherness as a family is one thing, but when is too much too much and how does that hinder a relationship?
0: Oh gosh, (laughs) i could talk for a long time about that. You know, I that that's another little kind of like soapbox of mine that I just I think it is just essential for couples if they want to have a sustainable relationship that they have to find help with childcare. care. Mm-hmm. I think that we're living in a little bit of a social experiment right now where we are trying to raise families in isolation uh, without extended family support networks. And this is really the first over the last kind of like, let's say, 100 years. It's the first time in the course of human history that we've really ever tried to do do that. And I don't think it's really paying off very well because I think that the statistics are kind of proof that people are really struggling. So I think that in order for us to have a viable marriage, we have to find time where we can connect and be distracted free and be baby free. And if we don't have that time, we're, we're, we're really kind of up against the wall.
1: Right, and can you talk about what happens to a relationship when the child is a constant with them and the, and the couple doesn't see fit to take a Saturday afternoon without the child or steal a, a couple of mornings to be together. Can you talk about why it's so important? Like what can happen to that relationship when they don't take time away from the kids?
0: Yeah, I think you know the first thing that comes to my mind is just that the, the child becomes the focus of the family and the focus of the conversation. And so we, we, we stop talking to our partners about, hey, how are we doing, just you and I? And the conversation is more like, how is the family doing? Or how is little Johnny doing or little Sarah doing? And I think what's really important for couples in this stage of life is to navigate three big chunks of time. And those three big chunks are individual time, couple time, and family time. And we're kind of spinning those three plates all the time. And it's essential to have all three of them. And I think what happens for a lot of people is we kind of err on doing maybe two really well, but we leave out a third. And then when Mm -hmm. we leave out a third, we start to kind of suffer.
1: Yeah, because there's different stressors. There's different obstacles that come up when you're not getting enough either time by yourself, time together, or time as a family, right? Because then, Mm -hmm. of course, we have those couples where maybe they're panicking over finances when the baby finally gets there and maybe there's a stay-at-home mom and the dad's out working and maybe there's a lot of time away from the home due to the job. So they've got their individual stuff, but they're lacking in family time altogether and certainly lacking in couple time when you have couples that are stressed and kind of working to pay the bills.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, as it relates to being a couples therapist, you know, that one block of time where we could call it couple time. Mm-hmm. I think what a lot of couples do is we kind of just take the relationship for granted and we just say, well, you know, I don't know. Is that time really that important? You know, I don't really think my partner's going to leave me. They're not going to file mm-hmm. for divorce. They're going to be okay. And then if we kind of have that attitude long enough people start to feel really disconnected and then you know couples wake up one day and they're like I don't know if I want to be married. And it doesn't have to be that way. I think if, if people started to recognize how important or how critical it was for couples to spend that time together.
1: Right. And that, I mean, that bit of advice can go for couples with or without kids. I think mm-hmm. there's lots of ways that uh, two adults find ways to avoid being together in their relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. when you don't have kids, it's kind of the assumption that, well, we're always together. We're together every night. But mm-hmm. missing that time that you take just to focus on the relationship and then for the ones with the kids, it can be hard to find that time away. And which leads me into my next question. You were saying it's really important for couples to have a support network of people that they can leave their their children with. And this is the first time through the years that there really isn't this extended family network. So when a couple comes to you and they say that they just don't trust anyone with their kids, right? Because there's all these sensationalized stories these days about kids getting kidnapped and things. And that's been going on forever. But now, through social media, we see it more and more, and it might be happening more that we're more populated as well. But there's scare tactics out there, and there's fear factors in place now with people. And I mean, we even have things where people are expected to like keep their kids close to home instead of letting them ride through the neighborhoods or go play in the parks by themselves, like we might have done when we were kids. So, what are the things that you trying to help parents tap into what resources are out there or how do you help them understand like who can they tap into to become that fill in babysitter when they need it?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think that, um, you know, if you have the means uh, uh, financially or emotionally to, you know, hire help, you know, that, that is, you know, super cool. And I think that there's a lot of great resources out there, um, you know, some of these companies now, they're so sophisticated with background checks. And at some point, we have to just uh, try to trust a little bit, knowing mm-hmm. that, you know, if we don't, we are going to drown along with our children. Um, but even if you didn't have that, I, you know, I, I like to, I like to get couples thinking creatively about doing things like, you know, baby swaps with just even your friends that you have, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it, it, We don't, the thing about humans is that we don't really need a ton of time to find that kind of internal restoration, but just even like an hour or two knowing that your friend down the street is going to care for your baby or watch your baby so you can take a break or kind of like, you know, check out for a little bit and then tomorrow you're going to do it for them and you kind of, there's all sorts of creative ways, you can find creative ways for free childcare, you know, there's lots of great uh, churches that have free childcare, you know, we take our son to the YMCA. There's mm-hmm. free child care. It's like yes. there's all sorts of things out there. It's it's not really a matter of finding them. I think it's more a matter of just getting more comfortable internally to kind of relinquish some of that control and knowing that if you don't do that, you're going to be in big trouble emotionally. Because
1: mm-hmm. then you end up with that disconnection feeling and the loneliness and the relationship.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah, well, thank you so much, Quentin, for being on the program with me today. And I want, before we go, I want to have you remind us, where can everybody find you? And do you have any things coming up? You just mentioned a sexuality workshop. Do you have any workshops coming up that listeners can look forward to?
0: Yeah. um, Okay. So my website is just my name, com, and that's pretty easy to find me there. Mm -hmm. And um, I do have a online marriage workshop for couples with young kids. So everything that we're talking about here today, it's an eight-week online workshop, and that starts July 1st of this year. So you can find details about that on my
1: website. Excellent. That's wonderful. And you also have a YouTube channel, Uh, Is is that under your name as well? Or if somebody puts your name in YouTube, will they find your videos?
0: Exactly. It's my name, Quentin Hafner. And I've uh, over the past, I don't know, even just two months, I've started doing more YouTube videos. So that's kind of like something that's happening for me.
1: Yeah, I noticed that. And they're all all really helpful. So what I'm going to do is with the blog post that goes up with every episode, everybody that's listening will be able to come to coachingthroughchaos.com and find the links to all of Quentin's places that you can find him online.
0: Okay. Thank you, Colleen. I appreciate that. Yeah.
1: Oh, you're so welcome. All right. So, Quentin, thank you so much for being with me on the Coaching Through Chaos podcast.
0: Okay. Thanks, Colleen. I had a blast. You're listening to Coaching Through Chaos, your host, Dr. Colleen Muller, bringing you what you need to
1: succeed. So thanks again, Quinton, and make sure if you're interested in his eight-week online marriage workshop for parents of young children that you mention this episode when registering so you can get a deep discount in the price. How great is that? Thanks so much, Quinton, for doing that for the audience. All right, let's talk about what we've got going on here and what you can expect from us moving forward. Here at the podcast, we have decided after a little negotiation over how often we could bring you these episodes, we've decided that we can dedicate our time to do this every other week. So starting today, every other Tuesday, there'll be a new episode of the podcast waiting for you to download. Dr. B and I are passionate about this project, and we want to make sure that we can bring you quality experts and good quality listening. So with all the rest of the things that take up time in our lives, we've decided that we can do this every two weeks for you. You can always find the list of episodes on iTunes at chaos.tips/itunes. but for more detailed synopses and show notes, just visit us at coachingthroughchaos.com. Season 1 and 2 can be found under the Educate Yourself tab on the website. And while you're at coachingthroughchaos.com, feel free to sign up for the mailing list where we're going to keep you up to date on the happenings at the practice, launching new episodes, and the mailing list recipients will also be receiving special information that we're only going to release to you to help you better navigate the chaos in your life. So we're going to start sending you out special tips in each email that can help you in your life. And if you would like to show your support through other means, you can find us on Patreon. That's p a t r e o n dot com. Patreon is like a Kickstarter page for creative ventures. For as little as a dollar a month, you can show your support. Every little bit helps. We don't have sponsorship. We're not against it. We just don't have it. And so any donations made to the show are just really appreciated by both myself and Dr. B. So thanks for considering helping us out with this. Okay, what do we have coming up? Well, next up will be how to stay Zen while dating online with my guest Dee Wagner. That's going to be so much fun. We'll explore the anxieties around dating online, early relationship mindset and mindfulness practices and in upcoming episodes we're going to talk about how to navigate a relationship with a narcissist and a fellow podcaster will discuss his journey from lacking confidence to hosting a show in which he helps others find theirs and in early July I'm going to bring you a guest that I've met personally here in San Diego and since I met him I wanted to have him on this show you know, with all the talk of transgender this or transgender that in the media today, I wanted to find someone who could really speak on the topic. So I met Xander Kegg, and Xander transitioned from female to male a few years ago. And he is one of, from what I can tell, one of the foremost experts on the subject, not only because he's gone through it, but because of all the research and the studying and the reading and the speaking and the conferences and the connections that he has made in that community. So, and not for nothing, Xander is just going to be an interesting guest. You know, he has a documentary coming out about his life. And the transition from female to male was just one aspect of his life. And of course, it. It is a large aspect of his life, or it was, uh, but he's done so many other things and gone through so many other transitions in life, you're not even really going to believe all the stories that he has to tell. Of course, that's why there's a documentary being made about his life. So I can't wait for you to hear that episode. So that's going to be our first episode in July is going to be for Xander. Okay, and there's so much more, of course, that we have that we're going to be bringing you, and we still have resources specific coming up for those who put their lives on the lines for us. As always, I want to thank Dr. B for his production assistance and BennettSullivanMusic.com for my theme music. And you can still find Bennett on Broadway in Steve Martin and Edie Brickell's Tony-nominated Bright Star. We are so proud of Bennett over here at the podcast you want to follow me between episodes, please find me on Twitter. I'm at Dr. Colleen Mullen and on Facebook at Coaching Through Chaos. Okay, that's it for me. I hope life is treating you well and if you've got chaos in your life, I hope you're finding your way through it. Take care.